Hi, it's your MC Landon here with a podcast announcement. I am currently planning on moving Shadows of St. Fleur to a bi-weekly publishing format until I get caught back up on editing and establish a solid cadence again. Thank you so much for sticking with us throughout this rough patch. We greatly appreciate it and hope you're still enjoying the show. Keep an eye out for our next episode coming out on August 12th. The sun is high over Point Claire as our scene opens, the crisp January air broken by the melody of sparrows and cardinals in the air. Our camera pans down to shelf indulgence, the hand-painted sign in the window reading, come on in, we're open. We walk around the side and up the stairs, through Alex's apartment door, and into the guest bedroom, where tangled up in blankets is one cast to wit, private eye, having a fitful sleep. In the distance, we hear the church bells begin to ring and her eyes shoot open, black for a moment before settling back into a dark amber. And let's pick up at the Lockwood Manor. Silk and Alistair, I think you're both hanging out at the manor waiting for Jeremiah to come back. Yeah, I think Alistair is going to try to like make casual conversation with Silk to find out why he's doing this for Theodora. Shortly after Jeremiah leaves, Alistair looks over at him and says, so you said you were, um, doing something to help my cousin, correct? That is correct. Um, I am to make an introduction to her to a friend of mine on the other side. And unless I am wildly mistaken about, well, everything about you, you don't usually do favors for free, do you? Very rarely. So, might I inquire... What my cousin is giving up in exchange for this connection. Of course. Um, quite simple, actually. She rendered a service for me, and so I will pay her in kind. You don't give information very freely, do you? Not when I can sell it. And what might the cost of this... No, no, I don't think I care about her quite that much. That's the same. She's a wonderful young woman. Agree to disagree. <laughs> Can I offer you some coffee? I believe Julian has made some. Not right now, no. I, I make it a habit to not take someone's hospitality when I can help it. You understand, I'm sure. Yes, in that case, uh, I do believe there's a scanner down in my basement that is being suspiciously protected. I want to go look into that. I am rather curious about it. Alistair is going to lead the way down into the basement library. So what exactly was Jeremiah doing here? Um, 
Last time I saw him, he was having a drink with a diner. Yes, he uh, told me he was hired to preserve my library for public future use. I can see why they would want books of this value, but can't quite imagine why Jeremiah would be the one they'd choose. Well, that's interesting. Why preserve it for public use when you could preserve it for your own private use? I, well, let's just say I'm at least a man of my word. I always hold up my end of a deal. Mm. Well, shall we go poke around and see what books have been of interest to old boy Jeremiah? Yeah, like halfway through Silk Sentence, Alistair is already crossing over towards the scanner. The books that are around the scanner, the ones that have been scanned already, is there a way to like find out if there's like a common theme between them or Jeremiah, do you want to like ad hoc give me a mislead, distract, or trick someone roll? He rolled a ten. So I think Jeremiah evidently was smart enough to not just pull the specific texts he needed. So it kind of seems like they're a little random. Like, he might just be working his way left to right through your shelves. I really should have kept these in some sort of order. You have a first edition Alice in Wonderland. Did you know you could actually... Never mind. I can... What, exactly? Probably best you don't know. Let's just say that, um, Deuce Carol wasn't just on drugs. Are you trying to tell me that that book is autobiographical? Mm, with embellishments, but it's not entirely fictional. Let's say that. I wish I could say I was surprised. Is there anything suspicious about the scanner itself? As far as I know, it's just a normal scanner. I think Alistair's gonna poke at it as the scene fades out. And then Jeremiah can answer later. As that happens, we pan over to Victor. Victor, what are you doing with your ill-gotten gains? Victor is uh, walking with it back to the bus stop. As you are heading to the bus stop, your phone starts vibrating in your pocket. Do I recognize the number? It is your mom, Astrid. Hey, mom. Hi, Victor. How are you um, doing this morning? Late. Or, I know I know. I just saw you like five hours ago, but... I'm doing okay. I mean, had a little altercation with somebody, but otherwise I'm okay. Anything I need to be worried about? Probably not. All right. Well, I'll, I'll trust you on that one. Um, do you think you could swing back by? Now that everyone's out, um, there is something I want to... Well, your mother and I want to discuss with you, and I'd rather do it in person yeah i'll head that way victor stands up off the bus he was on waiting to go to a different place and goes and gets on a different bus and then as like we get the bus doors closing we pan back to the mercier mansion where darby is casually vaping waiting for rosalie to be ready to speak with him again i might be taking the moment to if Jonathan is stopped vaping and has gone off back to work and I'm sort of just sort of left on my own to maybe poke around, not like too detailed, but just like look around some of the rooms that I think I could get away with getting caught in and sort of like explore this mansion. Sounds like you're trying to investigate a place of power. Yeah, I am. Please roll with power. I got a five. As you're kind of 
poking around. You go through a couple of rooms and it's kind of all like very, it's very fancy. Like, I don't know why the Marciers need five sitting rooms, but they have five sitting rooms and you like get through the dining room and you end up in the servant's stairs somehow. And you get a little lost back there because they don't really make sense with how they navigate through the building. And when you come out, you're clearly in like what you can only assume is the basement because there are no windows. And you like get the immediate feeling that you are in someone's sanctum and you probably shouldn't be in there. Like you get that feeling of you just triggered like some sort of alarm spell or something. Mm, Great. Excellent. This is definitely what I wanted. Darby would pull out their phone and just snap a couple pictures you never know and kind of i think reservedly sort of just realize this is not a good place for me to be shouldn't have done this this was too far really made a mistake here probably tripped some sort of an alarm gonna have to deal with that better just uh get the most out of it that i can and continue to look down look around maybe a little bit more aggressively while i wait for someone to come catch me there is on the floor in gold inlay a bunch of different kind of like star charts. Like it almost feels like you're kind of walking across the galaxy as you're going through deeper into this room. Near where you entered on a table, you can see that there is a gold beaded mask with a petunia motif on it, as well as dark blue robes and... She has bookshelves that are very well maintained and surprisingly, like, you would have expected more books to be in here. And like, as you're kind of like stepping in, you realize that like the door you came in seems to have disappeared and you don't really see a door out. And then right to the right of as you're like starting to kind of like peek your head into the bookshelves, you hear a... I would kind of maybe take one of the books off the shelf, casually look at it turn around, see who has caught me. It is Rosalie herself who got down here uncannily fast. Mm. Sorry, I um, I I got, I like to snoop, I'm sorry. I got tired of waiting and I didn't want to bother you and I figured I'd look around and your house was so lovely and then I found my way down here and I'm honestly not sure there was a door over there. Um, it's not there anymore. I'm not sure how I got here. This is a lovely room. Thank, thank you for inviting me into your home. Well, you know what they say about curiosity and the cat, but I have been able to locate some information for you if you would like to follow me out. And she just like gestures towards the wall behind her and a door forms. Darby would walk up, but let her lead the way out and just say, I, I didn't realize that you were, um, th- this, this is clearly some kind of like an arcane, uh, sanctum right not just like a a secret room why mr albrecht i have no clue what you're talking about i'm merely just the ceo of one of the largest holding companies in the city i'm just saying if like i have a lot of um you're you're familiar with some of the work that i do and uh and if and if and if this is the kind of thing that you're doing on, on the side then then there's a whole new other realm of of uh services that i could provide and, and and you didn't need to hide that from me certainly it was um i just would like to be as useful to you as i possibly could be i mean you are being 
of of use to me if you've really found uh, a path forward for me, and and I, I like to repay my favors. I feel like you're trying to persuade an NPC, but I don't know to what end, <laughs> or maybe mislead, distract, or trick to try to like smooth it over in a very fast talking manner. Yeah, I think that's what I'm trying to do. It's a nine. So you get to pick two from the list. I'm going to avoid further entanglement and expose a weakness or flaw. As you're like kind of going through this, you see that like her shoulders are getting kind of like very set, especially when you're landing on this whole, oh, I want to, you know, be of most use to you that I can be. She's clearly been burnt by making deals with demons before and is very much not about to like enter another sort of contract like that. Like her hands have already been tied here. And she's not about to let you tie them further to a fault, really. Like, she will be very stubborn. She leads you back up and somehow, like, you exit into the entry hall, which makes no sense with the layout of this manor. And she turns to you and very curtly just goes, Alex Jarreau has information on Leon Fleur. I would recommend going and finding him. Thank you very much. I'm sorry again for, for, for looking around. Um... You, again, you have a lovely house, and I, I should be clear: if you if you need assistance with anything while I'm in the city, that would be a debt that I could pay you, just 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 myself, not as my my um my uh, patron. And 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 I like to I like to build relationships with people on the side. Um, I find that that's the best way to do business. I'm not here to to lure you into some uh contract or anything like that. Um. Just as, as friends, people who are in the same business, who are adjacent, and you've done this favor for me. Um, and, and then down the line, whatever. Let's be clear, Mr. Albrecht. I did this favor for Corone. I didn't do it for you, but I will keep your offer in mind. And Darby will pull out one of their business cards and maybe not even hand it to her, but just like leave it on a, a table near the door. And sorry, it was Alex. Jero. G-E-R-O-U-X, the gentleman who was here earlier. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I missed him then. Um, Lovely little bookshop down the road. It's quite charming. I will go. Thank you very much. And I would leave. All right. Alex, so after you left the Mercier. Uh, Alex is going to, because he assumes that Rosalie is going to be talking with Darby for at least a couple of minutes. He's going to stop at a little florist, probably down the street from the bookshop, pick up a couple of things and then head back to his apartment upstairs. So that flash drive that he got from Rose's, he's going to make a copy of the files on it and put those on a digital reading device of some sort. Let's call it a spindle. And then he's going to go downstairs to the bookshop proper, uh, release the staff for the day. Just, you know, let him have a free day. Arrange some flowers. <laughs> Just hanging out in your bookshop arranging flowers. Yep, making a nice little bouquet. Darby, are you going straight to the bookshop? Yeah, um, I'm all business. When you walk in, Alex is there arranging flowers. Mr. Giro, I seem to just be running into you all over the city today. Um, I didn't realize... I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Welcome to Shelf Indulgence. Can I help you find something? Uh, perhaps. Um, although, I don't know that I'm in the business for a book right now. Oh, I think you might be. Everyone loves a good book. And I'm never not looking for one, but, you know, uh, work... Uh, it never stops. Um, I'm looking for an individual, and uh, Rosalie said that you might 
know where I might find them. Well, quite a few people cross my door. Why don't we step up to the office for a moment? And this being a very quiet bookshop, I'm just going to lock the door. And there is a stairway that kind of heads up uh, and around the side to a little office upstairs, which Alex is going to take his little bouquet of flowers and head up towards. And I would follow you. So inside the office, Alex steps around behind his desk and has a seat and just pushes the little bouquet across the desk. For you, I thought I might be seeing you soon. And it's a nice little arrangement of uh, striped carnations, mock orange, and oleander. Are you making a death threat with a bouquet? Sure am. It looks very pretty. Mm. Any kind of uh, motions to the seat across the desk? Now, how can I help you? I'm looking for... Or, sorry, I should be more clear. Um, my The person that I work for is looking for an individual that we believe to be in the city. Um, we have something of theirs, and we would like to return to them. And um, And I'm just having some trouble finding them. They don't seem to be listed anywhere no one seems to know what they are but people are pointing me around the city and 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 they said rosalie might know and rosalie said you might know and so i'm hoping that i can kind of cut through it and 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 really just i'm I'm here to to do my to do the job and and leave and i I won't bother you any further i feel like i've bothered you so much today oh it's no bother and i can certainly respect a strong work ethic so allow me to be perfectly clear i do not like roundabout politics, and the city is unfortunately quite rife with them, as you are no doubt now aware. So, you say you want to pass something to someone in this city. What do you need to give them? Darby would take a moment and would stand up from the chair and kind of rifling through their jacket, pull out the vape again and sort of gesture and, and do you mind if I... Yeah, Alex waves his hand. Uh, whatever makes you feel comfortable. And would just like sort of take a hit on the on the vape and uh, exhale probably more smoke than really they inhaled. I think that um, you're right. I've been unclear. Um, it's not a it's not a physical object. Uh, it's not something that I could pass to you and you could pass along to them. Um, I'm here looking for Leon Lef- uh, Leon Fleur. I know the name and. Not a physical object you are wanting to pass, but you are still equivocating. What do you have for them? The kind of thing that needs to be delivered in person. Ah, so you are going to come to me for my assistance, but give me no information. Is that the nature of this arrangement? If you had something to offer in return, I could give you more information about the about what we're doing here, I suppose. But um, Or if you had other, other things that you wanted, um, I'm sure we could... We could start a, a relationship here, and then perhaps if I, if I got to know you better, then, then I think my patron wouldn't mind uh, if I shared some more information with you. Um, <laughs> but you know how these things are. Oh, I'm very aware. And Alex just kind of stands up. Leon Fleur is, at the moment, under my protection. I know where they are, but you must understand that I am not going to let you get near them without an understanding of what you intend. Darby is kind of turned away and exhales again another sort of plume of smoke, but this time without having really like touched the brought like brought the vape up to their face. And when they turn around, it's not the sort of rumpled form of the disheveled business person anymore. I would like to assume my demon form. 
spicy. Please describe what your demon form looks like. So Darby exhales this plume of smoke and it lingers around their head. And so when when they turn around, you can't even see their face anymore. It's just above the collar where their head used to be is now this just like cloud of smoke lingering um, that has these kind of like spikes that sort of are hinted at inside this cloud. Um, you can see that their their hands are and and any sort of exposed like they have the um, the sleeves of their jacket pushed up uh, to the elbows and when they turn around the skin and muscles and stuff have disappeared and it's just like bone like skeletal hands and deep inside that sort of uh, cloud of smoke around their where their head used to be there are just these like glowing like like not not like raw fire but just like embers. Of like hot coals where their eyes used to be and going to roll because i have a roll associated with that and i got a seven so when i assume my demon form i roll with blood uh on a seven to nine choose one i think that i'm going to choose the demonic weapon and so as i turn i reach inside my jacket which is sort of like you can see like their arms are bony and and skeletal, but the the rest of their torso is still there and kind of reaches inside the jacket and pulls out like this sword um, that shouldn't even physically be able to fit inside up like a jacket pocket. I think it is a pure bone sword. And it also has kind of like as it moves through the air, it pulls this like cloud of smoke and uh, vapor behind it. And Darby is going to turn around and sit down on the on the chair that they were sitting at before and place the sword on Alex's desk and just say you're right i should have uh, dealt with you more directly i'm i am here on work of course i'm sorry that i danced around this longer than i should have um i do not intend to hurt harm or bring harm or allow harm to come to leon fleur I just need to speak to them and deliver a message. A message from my patron and from the rest of the people in our organization, as it were. Remind them to whom they owe allegiance. Can I try to figure someone out at this point? Because I feel like this is, you know, where Alex is very interested now. Yes. One note, right quick, though. Back on the devil inside if you're working a job for your patron, choose one more. You're definitely working a job for your patron right now. So if you want to choose another. I will choose gain armor plus one. And so I think that the way that appears is that rather than being sort of like the normal bones that would have been underneath, like in, in their arms, the bone around their arms and, and presumably the rest of their body has sort of become a sort of like bony chitinous armor where it's exposed and presumably underneath the rest of their clothing. And for the record, my figure someone out was a five. We get that shot of Darby sitting down, you know, saying that line, setting the sword down. And Alex, before you can do anything, you both hear a door open into the study. Of course, perfect timing. And we cut back to the Lockwood Manor. Hi, team. Let's go poke at a scanner. How's that going? I'm waiting on Jeremiah to let me know if I find anything via poking. Uh, there's a scanner and a laptop, which is currently locked. 
I think now might be a good time for Jeremiah to come back as we poke at the scanner a little. Yeah, Jeremiah, when you knock on the door, uh, Julian opens it. Naked from the waist down. Excuse me. I mean, he put pants on. He's doing work around the house because he's bored, but he was told to keep track of Alistair. So he, like, fixed that window Alistair's mom told him to fix forever ago. And now he's, like, you know, evening out the stairs. It's just, he's getting a lot of shit done. You're working really hard for this troublesome little pest. Oh, it's not him that I'm working for. We all have our masters. And that includes fixing up the house he's been neglecting for his own entire life. I am really bored. Hmm. Anyway, I assume I went down into the basement to start poking up my stuff. Yeah, probably. If you want a cup of coffee, I made a pot. Hmm. That's fine. I already had some earlier today. And I... I'd rather not touch whatever co- he thinks of as coffee. <laughs> Fair. All right, Jeremiah will head down into the basement. As Alistair hears the door creak open to the basement, he does that thing of, like, when little kids are doing something they're not supposed to and they hear their mom coming, he just, like, instantly jumps back against a bookshelf and, like, bunny tails his hands behind his back. really don't see anything so special about your scanner, Jeremiah. Uh, it costs a lot of money, and I'd rather you not break it. As if I would break it. Same with a laptop. The laptop has confidential client information on it, and I'd also like you to not touch that. Anyway, idiots, move aside. I need to get back to work. Did you have a successful trip into the city? Yes. Jeremiah will open up his bag and withdraw the um, lapel flower. This should do the trick. Now. I'm about to tell you a word. I do not want you to save that word. Am I understood? If you save a word I'm about to tell you, this thing will go off, and you'll have wasted your chance. Will it not go off if you say the word? No. No, it won't. Maybe it requires a a wizard's touch, then. Wizard? (laughs) Excuse you, I am a master of the arcane arts. Wizards do parlor tricks and pull rabbits from hats. Do I look like I have a three-foot-long handkerchief stuffed up the sleeve of my jacket? Well, you probably have one up your backside, but it's neither here nor there. All right, shut up. Alistair, this lapel flower was made by one of your ancestors because apparently family feuds go way, way back. Yes, it happens. When you save a word, Alakazam, the thing will activate and will bind... Any nearby Lockwood, except for you. Are you fucking kidding me? No. Like I said, your family is a gigantic bunch of assholes, especially to each other. Well, yes, I knew that, but that word, I will ascend into heaven and kick their asses myself. It was probably designed so that you wouldn't say it accidentally, Mr. Wizard. I am a master of... I see what you're doing here. Anyway, Silk, I happen to run into a... Hmm. Friend is a strong word, so is acquaintance. Adversary of yours. Adversary of mine? Do you have any idea how little that narrows it down? Yes. Yes, I do. Strangely enough. Anyway, I'd like a couple favors. And what exactly would these favors be for? I don't know yet. Like I said, I need some stashed away for later. I apologize. What am I getting out of these favors? 
Uh, oh, you're look. You get information on someone. Hmm. And uh, what makes you so sure that this is information that I would pay for? I do need a little something to know how enticing this is. Uh, yes, someone is after you. Well, you could have just led with that. So, uh, a favor to be named later, then. We'll call that two favors. One for the name, one for their background. You know what? Sure, why not? I'm, I'm curious now. Wonderful. All right. Uh, my name is Cassius. Ponzi-ass elf. I sent him on a wild goose chase down into Shadydale. Hopefully right to draw a werewolf, but I can't say that for certain. Mm. Now, as for their intention, uh, apparently higher-up member of your court, specifically your queen, uh, has sent them to find you and bring them back to her, as much as her applies in the situation. Mm. Bloody hell. Can I uh, roll to see what I know about Cassius? So, actually, the name is familiar to you, because Cassius wrote you a letter that you received at the very, very beginning of this campaign. Um, I thought he wasn't, he had a different court, or was that a, was he Seely? He is Seely, and his court falls under the same queen as yours. Now, he does run his own courts, but nobody is above telling the queen no. Well... Um, I have no interest of meeting with Cassius. I, you have my thanks and my favors for your information, Jeremiah. Yes. Pleasure doing business with you. Always. Jeremiah will get back to scanning. Shall we see about, uh, this demon portal of yours, Alistair? Ah, yes. Uh, in all the excitement of the day, I nearly forgot about it. What exactly are you hoping for here today i need to speak with one of the demon princes jeremiah will raise an eyebrow i suppose that can be arranged have you ever done this sort of thing before not in the way that uh you would be uh doing it it's much easier to contact them when i'm home well step right up you're in for quite the adventure mm. Um, you wouldn't happen to have any whiskey, would you? Uh, Niberius does love uh, a good, neat drink. Well, I don't believe that's quite on the table of the deal that we made today. Well, um, you're lost then. So, if I were to try to open up my demon portal, what kind of role would that be? That's using your sanctum. That's what I thought. When you go to your sanctum for a spell ingredient, relic, or tome, roll with spirit. On a 10 plus, you've got pretty much just the thing. On a 7 to 9, you've got something close, but it's flawed or lacking in some significant way. And on a miss, shit happens. Everyone dies. And then, is there another part of using that about, like, I get to tell you what it'll take you or something? When you go into your sanctum to work on something, the MC tells you what it will take to complete your task, as if your sanctum was a mystical workspace. There we go. Yeah, it's it's going to take that bottle of whiskey, and you need to invite him into a card game. Bottle of whiskey and card game, that's all you need. I will be right back. I feel like I should at least prepare for this. And Alistair trots up the steps to procure whiskey and a deck of cards. Jeremiah's going to put on his teleportation ring and have his gun up already. Alistair... 
presumably comes back with a bottle of whiskey and cards. So I suppose Alistair steps up to the demon portal, which I presume we haven't actually described what it looks like, have we? Besides fiery, not really. Yeah, I like to imagine it's like a big stone arch with like runes carved into it. Like they glow when it activates all that like tropey nonsense that I live for. Alistair steps up and is going to attempt to open this to the demon prince that he needs to talk to. So with the workspace rules, since you have the cost, technically like what you set out is completed, but I also feel like because you've never actually been the one to like open the demon portal, it's always happened to you. I'd like you to do a let it out roll to see how this goes. That is a 10. So incantations happen. Did Silk give Alistair the name of the demon that they're trying to contact? Uh, yeah, I would have given you the name once you needed it. And it would have been a familiar name from a demon that you just talked to like two hours ago. Ah, fuck. Okay. Gonna ignore the corruption for now and take definite hold of, I guess, like this line of communication. Does that work? That works. So we get that shot of Alistair successfully pulling off these incantations and the portal firing to life. Nibirius materializes in it, looks surprised to be back so soon, and then sees Silk over Alistair's shoulder. And Nibirius just like smiles and, old friend, is that you? I'm sorry to uh, call you out here all of a sudden, but I I do have a a favor to ask of you. Um, and we can call our, uh, last game even? Um, well, I'm always, always willing to at least hear you out. What are you going by now? This is a different form than the last time I saw you. Silk will be, uh, probably the best appellation for now. That tracks. Uh, what do you need? I have a, um, a not a wizard who wanted an introduction to you. I'm not quite sure what it is that she wants, but I figure these are the sort of things you might be interested in. A different not-a-wizard than the not-a-wizard right there. I'm not a not-a-wizard. Same family, different branch. I believe it is the thicker one. Thicker in the stupid sense. (laughs) Jeremiah is going to wander up and just sort of like casually lean against a wall and take in this proceedings. What does Nidorius look like? Is this is he an impressive looking demon? He is a very impressive looking demon. Like he is a demon prince for sure. He's kind of about like opulence and gambling, so he's definitely like has kind of that rich aesthetic built into his appearance. He's tall, his horns like curl back and like look almost immaculately manicured. Dark red skin. Definitely, like, smoky hair, the whole kit and caboodle. And, um, I do believe you will be looking for a new host, uh, here on this side. Um, is that correct? Your last one may have been, um, he was a snack, but not quite the kind that you like. Uh, yes, I did ask the Lockwood here to assist me with that in exchange for information about his parents, but... And here I've brought you that host. Oh, please. Silk doesn't do anything for anyone but himself. Well, I didn't mean the fairy. That scrawny boy back there. Who would want to be inside of him? 
No, we're working on bringing you the host. Be patient. Alistair. Yes? Phrasing. Intentional. Ooh, spicy sexual tension. Quick, someone get Charlie. So, I'm not sure what sort of information you had access to during his um, final moments, but I could fill you in if that is something that is worth your while. I mean, I am rather interested in who it was that destroyed my latest host. I would like to see if I can get another debt out of him. Uh, this might require a persuade. If you tell him that it was Victor and like who Victor is, he will give you a debt. Because here's the thing, you all can try to get him to go for Theodora, but he's much more interested in Victor at this point. I, I will absolutely offer him Victor's name to have another debt on a demon prince because that's cool. Interesting. Victor Margaret. I've met more than one Margaret down in hell. Is he the werewolf type? He is indeed. Uh, quite a large furry one, too. Hmm. Interesting. Doesn't have the grace that his cousin does. Well, it takes all sorts of types. All right. Is there anything else y'all want out of that scene? No, I I'm good with more just small talk with the demon and showing off that we're buddies and probably unnerving Jeremiah and Alistair with it. I think Alistair is spending most of this scene drinking the alcohol in the background. I think Jeremiah's got all he needed. Shit isn't going to go crazy. Uh, so he's going to go back to scanning the books. And we pan over to Victor, who I assume has made it to his mother's house. We see Victor knock on the front door of his mother's house. Astrid opens the front door and smiles and gives you like a hug and a kiss on the cheek. Hey, Mama. Oh, how are you doing? I hope the uh, bus wasn't running too late today. Uh, Victor just shrugs. Well, it is St. Floor Public Transportation, after all. Um, here, just come with me into the living room. Of course. Ileana's sitting in there. She always takes the day after a full moon off, if she can. Like, she's still on call, but doesn't go into the office and stuff. Uh, and just is, like, reading the newspaper. And evidently, like, taking notes on this suspicious murder at the gala. Hey, Mom. Hi, Victor. Uh, she doesn't really look up from her newspaper. Um, do you need, like, uh, do you need anything to drink? Anything to snack on? I, you didn't eat that much this morning, and you know how I worry about you. I pull the, uh, the handle of whiskey out of my pocket. I'm good. He just, uh, like, gives his mom half a wink and just sets the whiskey bottle down and then like goes and gets himself a glass of oj so what did you want to talk about well there's and like you can tell that your mom looks a little nervous and like kind of stumbles over her words and iliana looks up over the newspaper and says oh just tell him already <sighs> well victor you know how growing up i i never made you go to church with me iliana never goes with me and i never really pushed the issue with either of you. Yeah. Well, the reason why I never really pushed the issue is because that was... I'm a fortune teller. I can tell the future. And... Okay. Um, and the church doesn't like fortune tellers? I'm confused. No, the, the church in St. Fleur is particularly fond of them. Oh. Um, and I mean, your mother's been aware for quite a while that I've been involved in this organization, but, um, we always try to keep you out of it because, well, 
we didn't want it to impact you. Sure. Unfortunately, last night, the leader of our organization was killed, and I am the one slated to take his spot. Oh. Grats on the promotion? Thing is, there's a lot of ritualistic aspect around it, kind of like your baronship, but a lot more in-depth. It can't take place until the next full moon, and there's a lot of people vying for this position. Okay. And, like, Ileana just kind of snaps the paper down and looks at you. We need to look out for your mom over the next month, is what she's trying to get at. Alright. That's fine. Anybody you need dead, you let me know. And Ileana's just like, see, I told you. It's not that big of a deal. We, your, your pack. We look out for you. Absolutely. Astrid tears up a little bit. Well, thank you, Victor. I, I've, I've wanted to tell you for quite a while now, but I just, it never felt like it was right. And I didn't want you to seem like I expected anything from you that you wouldn't want to do. And that has literally never caused me to do anything. And I like look at my mom sitting on the couch reading a newspaper. If you need anything, I'll be there. Don't worry about it. Um, but uh, he kind of like scratches the back of his neck. Um, I'm not very mobile right now uh, between moons. So I'll look into getting a car. You know, you could always join the force and I could outfit you with one. And there's a loud newspaper snap in the middle of that sentence. Victor does a thing where he like looks up into the right and like picks at his teeth with his tongue. Like he's just trying not to start a fight. A fight that has been had many, many times. Yeah. Ileana, don't be like that with him. You and I have talked about this. We need to let him find his own way. And Ileana just kind of rolls her eyes. Well, you know, if you do need any financial help, your mother and I are always here for you. Yeah, I've got a place now, so that's that's good. But yeah, if you wouldn't mind for the car until I get on my feet, I've got a couple of ideas on how to get some money coming in. Yeah, I'll um, I'll check the police impound and see what we have. Yeah, I'll drive anything. It doesn't have to go to be good. Well, I need it to at least be reliable. Well, okay, sure, yeah. Astrid just, like, sits down on the couch next to you, Victor, and, like, does the mom side hug and, like, rests her head against your shoulder and just, like, is clearly, like, very thankful because... She was expecting some sort of reaction and basically got, like, no reaction in a good way. Is the fact that I killed a priest going to be a problem for you? Oh, oh, um, no, no, not really. Um, I mean, they knew when they took that position that the Baronship is a dangerous one. All right. Since uh, we're going to be doing protection between months, between moons, rather. I might need something that has a little bit more oomph. Mom, I look over at Ileana. Do you know anyone who sells uh, guns? What type of gun are you looking for? Shotgun. There's um, a woman who goes by the name of Celia Mendoza, who runs a fencing operation of a variety of things, and she used to be a hunter herself. Got out of the game. I'm sure she has plenty of weapons available. All right. Thanks. I didn't tell you that. You don't tell me anything. Of course not. And that actually gets a smile out of your mom. I smile back. All right. 
there's anything else, I've got some stuff I need to do before somebody tries to kill me or something. Astrid, as usual, looks very concerned when you say that. Iliana just... Okay, I... You know what happened last night, right? Astrid looks at Iliana like, uh, what happened last night? Oh, fuck. And, um, go back to Alex's office. Uh, there is one thing that I wanted to kind of establish that I was going to bring up after the figure someone out roll that, uh, you know, just went well. Once Darby has explicitly asked, you know, for what they want, that's the point at which they enter the web. Because it's when someone comes to you to ask for a favor, look for advice or info, or threaten your interests, that's when they enter your web or owe you a debt. So that is just something that I wanted to establish right there. Cool. The door opens, and Alex, you can see clearly from where you're sitting, Darby maybe not so much unless he turns. It is obviously cast because there is nobody else in this apartment right now. And I think Alex looks over as the door opens, and then back over at Darby, and then at the uh, big demonic sword on the desk. Darby Albrecht, Cassandra DeWitt. Darby would stand and, and turn and... You're greeted by the sight of a young woman in her early 20s with sleek black hair that's currently down, but there's still a silver hair comb with an orchid, kind of like pulling her bangs back. She looks like she's been through the ringer recently. A big black eye, kind of like can tell that her nose was bleeding at some point. And like for just a moment, her eyes kind of flare black before settling back to normal. And she reaches a handout and is like, it's a pleasure to meet you. Having no clue what she just walked into. <clears throat> Very confused. Darby is still in like demon form. <laughs> oh, yeah. What do y'all do? I I'm waiting to see how Darby reacts to this. I would extend my hand to, to shake hers. And I'm a little bit kind of... I'm, I'm a, like I saw that the the glint of the the black the dark black eyes, and so I'm trying to again like I guess I'm trying to figure out what's going on with the, who is this person. Would you like to figure someone out? I think so. All right, roll with mind. That was a two. So Darby, you go to shake her hand, and like you know, this looks like a pretty ordinary human girl besides that glint. But she has a very firm handshake and you find yourself frozen in place as her eyes shift back to like that black. And she looks over your shoulder towards Alex and just says, what are you doing bringing a demon here right now? I was trying. Well, I don't suppose that's really pertinent now, is it? What did you need? I didn't need anything. Then... Perhaps you could let Cassandra tell us what she needed. And as, like, her eyes go back to that amber, like, you're able to move again, Darby. And I walk around the table, and I'm gonna just momentarily pick up Darby's sword and then hand it over to them. Darby, here's the thing. I'm going to need you to just bear with me for a moment. And uh, one sword is handed off. I'm gonna just gently, not like grab, but like gently lead Cassandra you know, towards the door of the office. What can I help you with? I, I'm sorry, I didn't know that you had company. I wouldn't have. It's, um, it's fine. What did you need? I was just noticed that you had no groceries in your fridge and was going to go grab some. Uh, yes, I apologize. It's been a while since I've had a guest. I'll, I'll order out momentarily. I'll be up shortly. Uh, okay. And like, 
Cass looks very unsure over her shoulder, like, back towards Darby. This has been a real whirlwind of 24 hours. It just, like, leaves without a fight. And then I look back over at Darby. Here's the deal. You have now met Leon Fleur. I think you'll understand that this is a more complicated situation than, well, I'm not sure if you were aware. Doesn't matter. Point is, Cassandra DeWitt is one of the very few people I actually give a shit about. So, as long as what you are going to do brings no harm to her, I'll allow it. But I will be present, and should you step out of line, I will end you. Do we have an agreement? And the girl doesn't know? I don't believe she does. I'm working on that. I think I can agree to those terms. And I'm going to extend a hand to shake. I'll, I'll shake it. Can you give me two days? At that point, I'm hoping I'll at least have a plan to separate the two of them. I... Uh, well, I'll need to... St- I, think, I think at this point, Darby drops the demon form and returns back to their sort of normal, rumpled human kind of look. And the sword, I think, just like even just turns to mist and like disappears. And they sort of like fall back into one of the chairs and and say, well, I can't, I'll have to stay nearby now that I know that, that she's here. But I think the, I think the, the delivery of the message could wait. Um, Fine. I'll cover your stay. Don't worry about that. I appreciate you working with me. I understand, of course, that these things are complicated. I am, as obviously I, I play my own part in complicating them. But I have rules about people who are not involved, and if if the if Leon is hiding inside of someone who doesn't know and isn't involved, it does complicate things. My thoughts entirely. I'm glad that we agree on this. I'll be in touch. Is there anything else I can help you with? I think Darby would kind of get up and maybe shake your hand one more time, and and sort of as as they get to the door, turn and and look back and say. Look, I'm good at my job, and I, I came here and I found, I found her pretty easily, and I'm here to deliver a message, and that's, that's it. But others, others will find out, and others will come, and things will get messier. <laughs> I'm quite familiar with complications. Just uh, stay on your feet. Always do. And if you need any assistance of any sort, I will I've obviously be in town and uh if there's any favors that you need uh from myself or my uh my patron then uh, you have done me a service today we can repay you that or we can establish a new working relationship and Hmm. no disrespect but one of my very few scruples is that i try not to get too involved with demons and at that point i think alex goes back around behind his desk and just pulls out a ledger this is kind of a i have work to do I will see you when I see you kind of thing. Yeah, Darby would have would pull out a, a business card and leave it somewhere, maybe on the chair or by the door or something, and then find their way out. As our camera kind of lingers on Darby, like looking through the window, watching him leave, we hear the um, telltale beep of an email coming in, and we pan over to... Alex's inbox where we see subject requested information from Eric Zarn. Dice out. Now. Game. Game.
This is a fifth edition D&D actual play podcast. Decla rolls her eyes. Don't just size at the amateur. Casley wakes back. <laughs> Turn points and laughs. You find a potato. I give you a very disapproving look. Express disdain is a camper. Casney, help! <laughs> Maybe we're just celebrating life. Come on! Shut up! Yay, the power of imagination. My clothes are innocent. Why, you bastard. Kasni sighs deeply. <laughs> I ship it. Welcome to the dumb party. Blame the dice. It's alright to blend into the night. Dawn is going naked. That sounds like an awful idea. We left him alone for one day. Yeah, you just hear a loud dong. Well, that's not uh, ominous. Isn't the sunset every single day? Yeah. No. We have a mystery to solve. Next time on Four Fools in a Chair. Dice Out Now Game. Find us on iTunes and wherever else you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, make sure to subscribe to us on your preferred podcatcher and follow us on Twitter at St. Pod. If you want to support the creators who are bringing you this content, consider becoming a patron. You can find us on Patreon at the link in the episode description. Unable to be a patron but still want to support us? Consider leaving us a rating and review on your podcatcher so others can see how much you like what you're hearing. Shadows of St. Fleur is an Urban Shadows actual play podcast emceed and edited by Landon Cornell. You can find him on Twitter at OccasionalGM. It is part of the Be Gay Roll Dice podcast network, which you can find on Twitter at Be Gay Roll Dice. Special guest Darby, who has a shameless amount of hustle, is voiced and played by James Malloy. You can find him on Twitter at And The Meltdowns. Also, check out his podcasts, Stop Hack and Roll and Protean City Comics. They're really cool. And Protean City Comics is doing a special run of a podcast called Outstanding right now. So you should check that out as well. Alistair, whose whole family evidently has a thing against the word wizard and associated words, is voiced and played by Andy. You can find him on Twitter at AndyLion92. Alex, who is the master of telling someone to shove it with flowers, is voiced and played by Jeremy. You can find him on Twitter at TayuFace. Silk, who reads way too much fanfiction in his spare time, is voiced and played by Eric. You can find him on Twitter at PrimeFactorX01. Victor, who is surprisingly polite to his mom's all things considered, is voiced and played by Evan. You can find him on Twitter at Nyquist underscore JE. And finally, Jeremiah, who may be a little too trigger happy around demons, is voiced and played by Allison. Urban Shadows is a Powered by the Apocalypse tabletop role-playing game written, designed, and developed by Andrew Medeiros and Mark Diaz-Truman. It is published by Magpie Games, who you can find at magpiegames.com or on Twitter at magpieofficial. Farewell, dear listener. We'll see you next time you visit St. Fleur. Be gay! Roll dice! An LGBTQIA actual play podcast network.